0: Here's what's coming up on today's show.
1: People's lifestyle just doesn't get cut in half because they are no longer working. If anything, their income is going to be closer to that 85 or 100% number, at least in the beginning. Welcome to the Perfect Game Retirement Podcast with former professional baseball player and now financial coach at Black Oak Asset Management, Ryan Ledman. This show will help you make the right financial decisions so you can pitch a perfect
0: game in retirement. Here's the windup and the delivery. Welcome into Perfect Game Retirement. I'm Ben George. He's Ryan Ledden, President and Financial Coach over at Black Oak Asset Management. We're gonna do a little pop quiz today. I know um, Ryan, grades were important for you when you were, you know, in school playing sports. Did you ever hate when the teacher came in and was like, "Hey, guess what? Everyone, a little pop <laughs> quiz today for you." <laughs>
1: Honestly, that's a good question. I don't really remember it from me being in high school, but when I was a high school teacher, uh, yeah, you kind of be like, yeah, I don't think they were paying attention yesterday. So (laughs) I'm going to give them this. So as a teacher, it was kind of funny, but I don't really remember it as a
0: student per se, but um, as a teacher, I I kind of enjoyed it. I love it. So we're (laughs) going to give out a little pop quiz today for people really just to kind of test your retirement preparedness. We got five questions They're multiple choice to make it a little bit easier for you. We're going to ask him on the show, give you the multiple choice answers, and then let Ryan explain what he believes is the correct answer here. And we'll see how you do along the way. Hopefully you get all five right. But if not, at least you will learn something. And if you have questions afterwards, please log on to blackoakam.com. You can schedule your retirement coach 360 session online now. And if you want to call directly, you can do so at 470 How's everything else with the family? I know you guys have been doing a little traveling this summer
1: we have um, as, as the recording of this we just got back from family trip out in Colorado my wife's brother lives out there so we spend about eight days in Colorado we like to go there every so often in the summer uh, obviously it's a very popular area in the winter because he is just west of the ski resorts uh, mm-hmm. Vail Beaver Creek but uh, he's a little further about about another 20 30 minutes west of there but anyway, I like to go there in the summer. I I mean, big outdoors guy. So we like to go hiking and we went to Moab for a couple of days. Um, That's, that was a, that was a pretty cool place to be. It feels like you're on Mars. Um, You don't feel like you're on planet earth seeing some of the structures and stone. And it's just, Hmm. it's mind boggling that uh, that it it looks the way it does. And, you know, 105, 106 degree temperature heat was, uh, was pretty brutal, but you know, we're in Atlanta, so it's not much different. Yes, I know it's a different heat, but it's, uh w- we were prepared. <laughs>
0: yeah. It's still plenty hot. That's for sure. Yeah. Everywhere. <laughs> well, good, good that uh, everything's going well this summer and hopefully you listening. I'm having a good summer as well. Whenever you're listening to this, hopefully life's treating you well, but we want to go through this retirement quiz today and we're going to get a little mailbag question later on too. So stick around for that. But Again, five questions. They're all kind of critical questions for your retirement to kind of see how prepared you are. I want to start off with this one, Ryan. At what age should people start saving for retirement? Is it A, when you begin working? B, after you buy your first home? Or is it C, when you've paid off all your debts? Uh, For me, I would put an,
1: another choice in there, choice D. Because um, <laughs> see, I, I like choice C, uh, when you've paid off it, all your debts. Now, Again, I'm big Dave Ramsey guy, so I do believe in paying off the consumer debt. And that includes cars, that includes credit cards, student loans. Obviously, if you say all debt, you could throw in house in there too. I definitely would not pay houses off first before you Start saving for retirement. Uh, so, all three of those choices are, are not wrong if you were, if, if you say, but mm-hmm. you know, when you begin working, okay, yeah, if you get offered a 401k with a match right away, okay, you could argue that, like, hey, go ahead and get that started. Um, I even had a conversation with my niece when we were out in Colorado. She is uh, 15, almost 16, and she has a job at kind of a sandwich shop type place out in. Uh, Eagle, Colorado. And I just said, you need to open up a Roth IRA. And and their parents kind of looked at me like, oh, you do. I'm like, even if it's 25 bucks a month, Uh you know, she's making a few hundred dollars every couple weeks because she's a, you know, she's still in high school. She still has sports to play. So she can't like work full time. But still, it was a decent enough amount where I'm like, just start one, open one up. So that's where you could make an argument for choice A when you begin working. And and she's going to be in great shape one day. Now, if she's doing $25 a month now, then it'll be easy to increase that amount uh, later on. After you buy your first home, that's that's a little bit of a kind of a broad statement there. I wouldn't really go with choice B. When you paid off, again, you paid off all your debts excluding your house. I would kind of add that in parentheses to choice C. So I would pick C in that instance is get rid of that consumer debt have a little bit of an emergency fund like Dave Ramsey talks about then once you get out of debt, beef up that emergency fund and then go full tilt, and do that 50, at least 15% uh, into your uh, retirement savings, whether that's Roth IRAs, 401ks with matches, uh, whatever you're exposed to or have exposure to, uh, that's what I would do. So C is the most right answer in that question.
0: Okay. Did you convince them to open it up? Did they open it up while you're out there? Uh,
1: we didn't have more conversations about it, but I am going to, I I'll I'll, Stay on them to do that because I think, I mean, you know, I when I used to teach in high school because I had, I, I taught seniors. So at 18, some are 17, but most of them were 18 in my classroom. And, you know, the stats show based off of obviously past history on what the market has done. You know, if you put in, I think to be a millionaire at age 65, if you put $90 a month in at age 18, I can't, I could be give or take a few numbers off as far as how much, but I think it was $90 a month. If you were to save and by the time you were 65, you were a millionaire. Well, that means putting in $90 a month and never changing it, like never increasing it. That's the point I was making. Is if you just do a little bit now, it's not. You're not going to just stop. You're going to continue to increase it because you're going to be used to saving that amount. And then once you're used to saving twenty five, then okay, bump it up to fifty. Okay, you're going to be easily used to bumping it up to fifty dollars, and so on and so forth. So it makes it so much easier. So someone who's fifteen. Doing that, good grief.
0: Um, mm-hmm. She's going to be in good shape. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Reminds me, I need to talk to my nephew about that as well. So I'll put that Absolutely. on all afterwards. All right. Here's question number two on our retirement quiz. Which of these is the best estimate of how much income you'll need in retirement? Was it A, 50% of your current income, B, 85% of your current income, C, 100% of your current income, or D, none of the above?
1: another one where i would probably say d none of the above because it's different for everybody i would say a is not right so, so people living off half of their working in, working life income i haven't personally seen it to be honest people's lifestyle just doesn't get cut in half because they are no longer working if anything their income is going to be closer to that 85 or 100 percent number at least in the beginning People's income because you have less expenses. I get it. People can justify, it, oh, I need seventy percent or sixty percent because I'm not going to need this, 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 and this. Okay, I get that. That that may be correct, but also, and I've I've joked about this before on this on this show that you know my dad's been retired for over ten years and every day is kind of Saturday, so you go out and do things, you go out and spend money, you go out to eat, you take excursions, you go travel, you play golf more, whatever it may be, there's gonna be more expenses that you didn't think of. So I would say B is probably the most correct answer when you're trying to pinpoint an exact percentage. I usually just think, I usually state to my clients, it's usually higher than what they anticipate. So because lifestyle just doesn't automatically, drastically uh, be cut just because now that you are retired especially early on. Now it does tend to fade, maybe some. Um, I heard someone say there's the go-go years, the slow go, and then the Mm -hmm. (laughs) no-go. The go-go years, you're gonna spend money. The slow go, okay, maybe not as much, but then the no-go years, you may increase your spending because you have health care expenses. So there are things that you need to make adjustments along the way, but I would say B is the most correct answer. But again, that percentage could change depending on what type of lifestyle people uh, want, also what type of debts they still have. Do they still have a mortgage? Do they still have consumer debt that they need to pay off? Hopefully that has been uh, done and paid off, but if not, that's something they need to focus, focus on too, and that may increase their percentage of what income they actually need in retirement.
0: Yeah. And again, reminder, that's just an estimate. So Mm -hmm. you'll want to hammer that out uh, down to the exact number with your advisor. So if you want to schedule your retirement coach 360 session, you can do that online, but that's the best way to figure out exactly what you're going to need. All right. So that's number two. Here about number three, which of these do you find the retirees fear the most? Is it A, not leaving enough to the kids, B, running out of money, or C, needing nursing home care?
1: More times than not, it's B. Uh, running out of money that's that's usually the pretty clear-cut answer now c is usually a concern needing something for some type of care whether it's in a facility in home care that is a concern just because it's such an unknown and it's such a most people have a personal experience with it whether it's a parent or someone they know who have had to use some sort of care and it's expensive it is not cheap but running out of money is by far because you, you don't have that earning potential anymore. You're not working anymore. So you don't have that earned income. Now, some people may have pensions. Obviously, most people have social security and then whatever they have saved is what they are pulling from their investments. And obviously, in recent times they've shown the market has not done very well. So that puts a bigger pinch onto people's income because their account balances are are down. Now, Again, this won't last forever. It, it stinks while we're going through it, but it certainly won't last forever. It's markets are gonna recover. But running out of money is is the glaring winner, um, a correct choice in this question because it's, again, the earning potential is gone and most people don't have pensions anymore. So we're relying on the federal government with our social security, which again, that's that's another issue. That's another topic to discuss, which I saw an article yesterday that social security, uh, cola, the cost of living adjustment hmm. may be over 10% next year. Oof. Um, I know. Like, what was it last t- year?
0: 8%. Uh,
1: it was 5.9. Oh, five. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Well, 5.9. And, but because of the inflation is running as high as it is, they're saying the projections could be, um, as, as high as over 10%. So wow. that's putting even more strain on the social security administration and their, uh, checks that they give people every single month. So that's, that's putting in more uh, added pressure to it, but running out of money, clear cut winner, that's the correct choice. So I would say B.
0: All right. How about number four, which of these examples best represents a diversified retirement plan? Is it a, a mix of 60% stocks and 40% bonds, B three rental homes in different neighborhoods, along with a significant amount of cash in the bank, C, 10 to 12 different mutual funds, or D, none of the above? Mm, that's another good one.
1: A used to be the, you know, 20, 30 years ago, choice A would be kind of the no-brainer. Oh, 60-40, that's what every, you know, 4% withdrawal rate rule that you hear about that everything was based off of 60-40, 60-40, 60-40. Well, the 40 side, the 40% side in bonds are fixed income haven't been producing the yields that they need to to sustain that 4% rule. So now this 4% rule that was kind of the the standard in our industry, and and again, sorry, let me back up. If you don't know what the 4% rule is, 4% means you take your nest egg, so let's use a million dollars, you can take 4% out each year, so $40,000, and use that as income plus your social security or any pensions that you may need and that's a pretty safe withdrawal rate that that million dollars somewhat stays in kind of that principal amount range. Obviously you're going to have some years where the markets go down, but you're going to have some years that are way above that. So 4% is kind of a safe quote unquote, I'm using air quotes, safe withdrawal rate. Well, that's under a lot of scrutiny. Some some people are saying as low as 3% now. Some people are even bu- bumping it up back to f- over 4%. So It really depends on income needs. A lot depends on how your what kind of accounts you do have and how they're taxed, because taxes play a big role in uh, in that mix as well. But I wouldn't say just 60 40 set it and forget it is the is the case anymore. So a I'm going to say no three rental homes in different neighborhoods, along with significant amount of cash in the bank not my cup of tea it, it may be for others um I, I don't think that's still quite diversified enough because you still have your eggs in one real estate basket even though they're still in three different neighborhoods uh and i know real estate can change from market to market but um mar- you know real estate have, has their ups and downs as well and then sitting cash in the bank well cash in the bank that's a guaranteed loser right now because inflation is running so high going back to the you know cost of living adjustment that social security may grant over 10%, well, if it's sitting in cash, you're you're losing 10% purchasing power if you leave it in there. So B, I would say, no, you could make a case for C, uh, 10 to 12 uh, different mutual funds, because if you spread those out over different asset classes, depending on how much money you had in those 10 to 12 different mutual funds, um, you definitely could make more of a case for that. So I would say C is more right. I know D says none of the above, but it's almost, you could almost make a, a an argument for a combination of all three of those together because some people love the real estate. I, I like real estate, mm-hmm. uh, obviously don't sell it, but I like real estate. Um, investing, yes, that's what I do for a living. But just creating other streams of income and in retirement, it's it's hard to argue that. So just saying 10 to 12 different mutual funds, eh, you could make a case for that. So I'll stick with none of the above because I think there's a combination of, of kind of all these and and, potentially some other investments that people can do that create income that aren't even listed here. So the more diversified you are, uh, not just from a mutual fund standpoint, but the more diversified you are from an income standpoint, the better.
0: Okay. Let's move on to our final question here on this retirement quiz. Hopefully you've gotten all four correct so far. Number five, to make sure you don't run out of money in retirement, only withdraw blank percent from your portfolio each year. Is it 1%? B, 4%, C, 6%, or D, find a different strategy altogether? Well, I
1: guess I kind of jumped ahead um, <laughs> when it comes to this question. Again, B was the end-all, be-all answer for a while. 1%, no way. One, you know, A, I mean, you would have to save just gobs and gobs amounts of money to only pull out 1% uh, per year. 6, 6 is probably getting up there a little bit too high. Now, if interest rates keep creeping up, you might start to see some of that safe money yield um, more than has in the past, especially with just money markets and CDs. They just haven't been paying a whole lot. But as those interest rates start creeping up, those things start creeping up as well. So um, 6%, I think, is just too high. Um, find a different strategy altogether. That could probably be it because it's just so different. It just and I've harped on this so many times on the show, it's not about your nest egg, it's about income. How much income do you need and want per month? Well, if you don't need a ton, I I have some clients who don't need a dime out of their portfolio. They have two social securities, they may have a couple pensions or one pension, they have hardly any uh, or have zero debt. So their income, they're like, you know, social security times two and one pension, that that covers us on a monthly basis. So that number could be zero. That's where choice D. Find a different strategy altogether. You may not need any out of there now. That's not common, but I do have several clients that are in that boat. They're like, "Yeah, we don't we don't need anything right now." So that's a great spot to be in. Uh, so B is probably the closest answer, but D. I'd find a I find a different strategy altogether because it just depends on the on the individual. But if you're just if math, if you're a pre-retiree listening to the show. Use the 4% rule as a general rule. Again, for every million dollars, you can take out 40 k or so, plus any Social Security, any pensions, any income that you do have coming in through real estate. But a lot of it just depends on what you need. But if you want to use a general rule of thumb, use the 4% rule. It's been used for decades.
0: All right. That wraps up our quiz. You know, you can see most of these answers are... Pretty clear to, to figure out, but there is some gray area for a lot of these, and it's all about planning and building a plan that uh, fits you. So these answers might not be correct for your situation necessarily. They're all kind of just general answers to give you some guidance as you prepare for retirement. But if you have further questions or wanted to see if you're in line for retirement, you can always visit blackoakam.com. That is the website. You can schedule your retirement coach 360 session online now. And Ryan, for anyone that does that, Kind of take us through that again. What's that first step when they book that that online session? What happens next?
1: Yeah, so book. we usually just do a 15-minute phone call on the front end just to chat with people. And that's with people who go to our website, people who find us on Facebook, people who find us on the Dave Ramsey website. It's a 15-minute, very high-level, getting-to-know-you type conversation just to hear where you're at. I may not be able to help you. Uh, depending on your situation, but usually that 15 minute phone call, we can get a pretty good feel for where you're at and if we're fit in the same regard on how we work with people. So after that 15 minute phone call, then it's usually the next step is a, it's just a piggyback more in-depth conversation of that 15 minute phone call. Usually we like to meet people in person, but I get people from all over the country could be listening to this. So obviously Zoom is, or Teams is an option to, but uh, have a next step. So the next step is just about an hour long meeting. It, it's a deeper dive into the the people we're talking to and to our into um, how we work with people into our business as well. Then it's usually after that lengthy in-person meeting or phone call or Zoom call. Do people and us decide to either move forward together after that or not? So it's there's no pressure to move forward at that. Uh, longer in-person meeting or in-depth meeting after that. It's just after that first meeting.
0: Good to know. Again, you can book that online, blackoakam.com. All right, let's get to the mailbag. Got a question for you this week that came in from June. She says, I'm a federal employee. I'll have a nice pension when I retire next year, but I'm wondering about the money in my TSP. Should I keep it invested there or should I move it somewhere else?
1: So good question, June. We, we, there, we have several clients that are federal employees that had access to a TSP. So there's some quirkiness and nuances in, in, in to this question, June. So some federal employees are able to retire early. And so it may be beneficial if you're 55 or between the ages of 55 and 59 if you retire then and you may still need some money out of your tsp it's more beneficial to leave it there because there is no 10 percent penalty to take out the money from the tsp there Uh, after that you you can easily roll that over to an ira if that's what you want to now tsp is uh, very cost effective it is very very cheap it is scaled down but At the same time, there's scaled down options uh, to to choose from. So there's not many options inside the TSP. So that's where you have to weigh the cost uh, of the TSP. It's a great accumulation vehicle throughout your working history. You were able to put it in there, very cheap the decumulation phase, it may not be as efficient just because of the, the amount of choices that you do have. So you could easily roll that over to an IRA and have unlimited choices in, in what you want to invest in. Now, if you're, if you've been happy with a TSP, okay, you, you can use it for that as well. But there are some, again, the options are extremely limited. There's only a handful that you can pick from. So that is a limiting thing. So, um, it really does. It depends, uh, June. It, it depends on your age. And if you do want more investment options, then there's things you really need to weigh before you do anything with that TSP.
0: Thanks for that question, June. If you have one for us, send it in. We'll try to do our best to answer it here on the show, but always sit down with an advisor to get a true, clear picture of what you should be doing. All right. We'll close it out, Ryan, as we always do with a little getting to know you question. This week, want to know, What's the risk you've taken that really paid off?
1: I'm not an extreme risk taker. So this one's a pretty easy question for me to answer, uh, getting into this line of work, to be honest. Uh, I mean, I was in my lower thirties. I was teaching in high school, coaching baseball, really enjoying my job. I didn't, I didn't dread going to work at all. Uh, but it just, in my early thirties, I felt a calling to do this and It was rough Um, when you first get into this industry. Did not enjoy it at all uh, because you just, I go from a very steady salary, obviously not getting paid a ton, but it's a very steady salary and it's a pension. So if I put my 30 years in, it's one of the best pensions I've ever seen in the state of Georgia. So I really had, and I was two years short of being vested in that pension. So talking about a a no risk taker, leaving a career that I was perfectly fine in, and then leaving two years before I was vested in to get a pension (laughs) one day, people looked at me like I was an, an, an idiot. And at the time, I really felt called to do this, but at the same time, I'm like, what in the world am I doing? And, and after one year of this industry and really struggling, I'm thinking, I mean, I was, I was really close to going back uh, to the classroom and I, I would have been fine. But at the same time, the competitive side of me was like, no, I can't go back. So I look like a failure. So I just continued to grind it out. I got on with this company that I now own with a mentor of mine, Eddie, um, kind of took me under his wing and I eventually bought the business from him. Uh, just over five years ago. So 2017. So um, from a personality standpoint, not a huge, huge risk taker. I'm not an adrenaline junkie, anything like that. It was just a, a move that I felt like needed to be made for me and my family. And so far it's paid off. I've enjoyed enjoyed doing what I do and never thought I'd be sitting here talking to you uh, being on a podcast one day. So <laughs> it's, uh, <laughs> it's definitely a risk. I'm glad that I, that I did take uh, about 10 years ago.
0: Yeah, if you would have seen the, the podcast in your future, maybe you would have said, oh, I don't know if I want to take this risk. If you'd know you'd end up with me every every month. But no, I'm glad you, I'm glad you did take that risk. It has paid off. And uh, we always appreciate hearing from you every, every episode and learning more from you. You always do a good job teaching us uh, like you have today on this retirement quiz. So we are Thank grateful you. for that. All right. Well, let's close it out, Ryan. It's been a good show. It's been fun. I uh, enjoyed this quiz and hopefully people learned a little something. Hopefully you got them all right. Maybe you are in great shape for retirement, but either way, no matter where you stand, you always want to get a second opinion and make sure you have a proper plan in place for that transition, that next chapter of your life. And you can always do that with Ryan over at Black Oak Asset Management, serving the Atlanta area with his office there in Alpharetta. You can find him online, blackoakam.com. Phone number as well. 470-508-0508. All right, Ryan, great stuff as usual, and uh, look forward to talking to you soon.
1: Yeah, enjoyed it. The Perfect Game Retirement Podcast is brought to you by Black Oak Asset Management, serving the greater Atlanta area with offices in Alpharetta and Macon. The show is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, google podcasts and wherever you listen to podcasts subscribe to the show on your favorite app today and never miss an episode just search for perfect game retirement to find us you can also visit blackoakam.com to listen to past episodes
0: to contact ryan led and to learn more about how to pitch a perfect game in retirement